1: everybody doing big dave lemon joe rodriguez another edition of poker action line we were off last week and uh we are back today of course it's right in the middle of the world series of poker a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff to talk about um it's kind of all centered out there right now on one person and that is phil helmuth uh first of all uh earlier in the series he launched into a profanity-laden tirade during event several times. Uh, dropped about 50 to 70 F-bombs during the tournament. Um, some Really, uh, it wasn't just him, because it's nothing out of the ordinary for him, but a lot of people were upset that he wasn't punished by the World Series of Poker. Uh, the tournament went on. He did not win that event. It was the uh, seven-card stud tournament. Uh, as it turned out, it was uh, Anthony Zeno winning that event. And uh, a lot of discussion about that. Then about four days later, Phil won his 16th World Series of Poker bracelet in Deuce 7 lowball. So uh, a lot of talk about that. And uh, if we thought Donald Trump was polarizing, Phil Helmuth in the poker world is completely polarizing. Uh, people either hate his guts, ripping him on Twitter and uh, Facebook, and the other social media sites or they love him and say he's the goat the greatest of all time and uh you know he has a lot of friends in the business one of his biggest supporters is Mike Mattisau and uh Mattisau has uh, been ripping people that have uh, dared to challenge Phil but I want to talk a little bit about that of course today because everyone's talking about it there's a few other things happening out there that I do want to talk about uh, a couple of situations uh, I don't know how much you've heard about the tournament, Joe. I know that uh, you were out of town as well, but uh, it seems like some of the numbers are down. I don't have any kind of direct comparison except for one event, the Millionaire Maker. Uh, 2019, they had 8,809 players. This year was only 5326, so a big drop off there. But I think most of the other events are are somewhere close to normal. Well, wow, but still
0: a nice number, fifty-three hundred. Considering, so uh, let me ask you something, Dave. Uh, what set Phil off? Because I, you know, on the cruise, uh, the, the TV, uh, no, no internet. Uh, I, I did that on purpose. But uh, away for over a week. Well. What what set off there, uh, Mr. Mr. Helmuth?
1: Well, he had a he had a pair of pocket queens in uh, stud, and uh, Zeno Zeno en- ended up rivering a flush to win the hand. That was really the thing that set him off. But he hadn't even mucked his cards, and it was mf'er. Uh, he peels off the five of diamonds like it's nothing, makes an effing flush, nice nice effing river, uh, and he just kept yelling and kept saying. God damn
0: so this wasn't, due to a, this wasn't due to a dealer mistake, someone egging him on. This was just due to the guy catching a card on him? Yeah, exactly. He Good
2: said,
1: uh, how does he get rewarded for that bullshit effing play? They, He goes, they always overplay their hands against me. He goes, that's why I win all these tournaments. Anyway, going on and on. Of course, Anthony Zeno is a great player. He's actually a friend of Phil's. And, uh, you know, Phil later said, you know, he was just joking. But the line that got everybody was this one. So uneffing fair, I play like an effing genius every effing day. I think I'm going to burn this effing place down if I don't win this effing tournament. So that, to me, is cause for them to take some action.
0: Um, yeah, but, you know, he's your all-time... Uh bracelet winner um but for me i definitely would have done that but you know it's one of those scenarios dave (laughs) they got us talking about it i'm sure they got the rest of the poker world and everybody else's podcast and we're gonna read about it in whatever publications are still writing about poker out there and uh keep them in the limelight out there and You know, lo and behold, he wins another bracelet a little while after that, no?
1: Yes, that's true. And uh, to me, it kind of, uh, you know, is reminiscent of uh, some of the discussions we've had about how you treat players that are good tippers at your room. Uh, You know, you you don't come down on them big time because, you know, if you're a dealer, you know that you're going to make some money off this person. And you treat them differently than everybody else. Phil's the same way because of his fame and his uh, history of winning uh, tons of bracelets, Um, you know, gets, brings publicity to the series, obviously. Uh, You know, they, they treat him differently.
0: Well, yes. uh, But listen, we've known how he acts, you know, for quite a while now, but you know, Based on on how excited you've been about this and how you've been talking about it for the last few minutes, this seemed to be something just a little bit way over the top compared to any of his other outbursts. Uh, am I wrong or correct on that?
1: Well, you know, it's just, you know, it was a final table. It was uh, being streamed. And a lot of people saw it. Of course, uh, you know, uh, it really was nothing out of the ordinary except uh, how many times he used the F word there at the table. But, um, you know, bad behavior is something that people are used to, like you say. Uh, The problem is, uh, you know, does that drive people away from the game? I mean, there's a lot of people that are absolutely angry, making fun of his uh, hashtag that he always uses. The name of his book was Positivity. And he, and people say, you know, you obviously have no clue what that means, Phil.
0: <laughs> but you know, to me, it's like stirring the pot. Yeah. You know, listen, guys, we all grew up with uh, with with quote professional wrestling, and we know what they do there to stir the pot there and get everybody going. Uh, you know, this is they're ba- they're back. You know, the the biggest tournament in the world is back on center stage. And uh, who knows? You know this. This helps. You did mention that you know it's like the the biggest tippers. Well, yeah, you're right about that, Dave. You know, you, dealers will put up with it a little more. I've been guilty of that myself as a dealer. I've been guilty of that as a manager and as a supervisor. But that can only go so far.
1: You well, know, there's a really, there's a really. Go ahead I'm sorry I was, I was just gonna say there's a really good article about it to uh, you know that people want to get both sides of the story uh, but in this this point for that Earl Burton made on poker News daily was that the S, the WSOP you know has established rules for proper conduct as he says and they said, you know, it can be anything. It could be a verbal reprimand. It could be uh, an orbit penalty. Uh, you can be ejected from the tournament. You could, or you could even be banned from a Caesar's property forever. So, uh, you know, there's other situations in the past. Like for instance, a couple years ago, and that guy took his pants down at the tournament. Uh, you know, that idiot from Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they threw him out, and uh, you know, he was banned from the properties for life. But Phil is in a different situation. And, uh, you know, if it was any other player, he might have been dragged from the room, dragged down the hall, banned from the property, and it just doesn't happen. And uh, what they say, a lot of the people who are critical are saying is they need to grow a pair.
0: Yeah, again, um, if this wasn't a publicity stunt of someone telling him, hey, we'll, we'll kind of be a little lenient on you if you decide to go off the rails a little bit, you know, um, uh, I, it sucks, Dave. It really does. But there are different rules for different people. Yeah. Uh, to the extent of of which how much of how much of it you'll put up with, you know. And um, again, so many thousands of people and you can talk and half of them love them, half of them hate them. And I guess in this particular instance, uh, you know, uh, any publicity is good publicity. I'm sure they'll address this after this series is done um, to try to prevent this going forward. But, um, you know, I think it sucks personally.
1: I think you're right, Joe. I think that uh, you know you can always compare it back to Michael Jordan in the NBA. That he was uh, he was treated differently by the officials sometimes. Nobody called traveling on Michael Jordan for the most part, and uh, you know he's a, a guy who makes the league go uh, at that time. And uh, maybe Phil's the guy making the world of poker go right now. But uh, it just seems to me that you know they need to uh, have more consistency on how they treat people when they set rules and behavior modification. Um, situations, uh, you need to follow that with everybody.
0: I listen. Yeah, I agree 100% with you, Dave. But um, you know, you, you just gave a great analogy there. You know, uh, yeah. every sport seems to have those people. You know, we had pitchers in baseball that umpires gave that little extra couple of inch or two off the plate for strikes. Uh, that were the superstars. Um, maybe that's the case here. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's happening here. Uh, you know, you are talking about the all-time bracelet winner. We are talking about, you know, arguably one, one of the greatest all-time poker players. And yeah. I'm sure in his mind, he thinks he's the greatest of all time. Um, and and he's and he's got, what is it, 16 bracelets to, to back him Six, up?
1: 16 now, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, 16 bracelets to back him up. So, um, yeah, it sucks for the average Joe to say, hey, you know, this is look how he's getting away with this. My guess is they'll probably address this at the end of this series, uh, you know, wrist slap now. Maybe somebody spoke to him, uh, you know, after he won his bracelet and said, hey, listen, you need to take it down a few notches. You know, can't be getting like this if somebody sucks out on you. Yeah, and exactly. um, you know, probably come up with some sort of rules for this, you know, as as to where their tolerance level will
1: be. Yeah. Well let's talk a little more about his bracelet because there is some attention there and uh, you know, being the poker brat is one thing, but being the being the goat is another. Uh his sixteenth bracelet came on Sunday in the Deuce Seven Deuce to Seven lowball event, fifteen hundred dollar buy in. Uh, you know, just eighty four thousand for first place, but more important to him is the titles. Uh, he's 57 now. He still has a big career ahead of him and, you know, 10 more, uh, bracelets than, uh, Doyle Brunson, Phil Ivey and Johnny Chan each have 10. So he said one time that he was going to win 24. That was what he predicted. He said, Ivy said he might win 30. We know what happened to Phil Ivey, but he said, uh, you know, maybe I'll win 24, but it's not easy to win in the mixed games. He said, cause there is a lot of skill in these tournaments.
0: Yeah, there is. Um, how, if you don't mind me asking, because I haven't looked it up, but how many people were in that Deuce 7 lowball? Uh,
1: 272.
0: That's still a hell of a field to beat. Yeah. I yeah, remember just... when that used to be a big main event field.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, his first uh, his first 11 bracelets were in Hold'em. Uh, he's won some dev- several different things now. And uh, he said he's... He's in seven card study, feels like he's 99%. He could get a little better. He said, Raz, uh, I have the best record in Raz in history. And, uh, you know, so he's definitely going to play himself up. But, uh, you know, that's really the highlight thus thus far of the turnout, I have to say. You know, you got some big, decent name players that have won some events. Uh, Anthony Zeno is a big name, Uh, Chance Cornith. Won the short-deck tournament. Uh, he's been on our show before. Uh, one of the players he beats has also been on the show is Rep Porter. Uh, you remember having him on the show, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, he was the chip leader going into the final day of Deuce to 7 low ball. And uh, Phil surpassed him and, and took that title. Uh, Porter, where did Porter finish? He finished fourth in the event. Jay Schwartz uh, finished second. And Dario Sammartino from Italy, uh, who was a November nine or a couple of years ago, uh, also made the final table and finished in sixth place. So, uh, 16 tournaments that he's won now, and it's uh, you know who knows if he might win a couple more. But I gotta think that his off season here this year, where he played all those head to head tournaments, uh, had to be beneficial for him.
0: Well gets those juices going, you know, spring training, you know, and you start honing your skill as a poker player. Uh, yeah, I agree 100% with that, Big Dave.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the other things, let's move on. There's uh, lots of news. I, I, I'm not going to just give a list of who won tournaments and everything. I'd like to give a couple highlights when we move along in the show. But one of the big news uh, ideas out of there was that, Uh, Because of uh, easing of uh, USA's uh, international travel restrictions, uh, they have actually added two starting days for the main event. They will be on November 8th and 9th. There was four to start out with, the 4th through the 7th, and they've added two new starting days uh, in order to include a lot of international players that would travel over for that but may not have planned on doing it earlier.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so there's going to be how many starting dates there'll, now?
1: There'll be six altogether now. Wow. Okay. Uh, well. November November 8th starts at 11 a.m. T- and then it's noon on the 9th. But that has also changed some of the other tournaments. Uh, the little one for one drop got moved back to 3 o'clock. For the days it was set And also on the 10th was the 7 card stud High, low, 8 or better tournament And they moved that back in time So uh, some of the structures changing I guess they can really do whatever they like As far as, uh, you know Putting together the events But I think they need to be applauded For, uh, you know, changing on the run like that You know, there were some problems With people traveling in And things are a little bit different now So, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to hear That they've opened that up
0: I, I, that's, I love that that's a, that's a great idea. That's a yep. great idea.
1: Yep. Any yep. other
0: complaints in the week that I was gone? Did you hear anything about, you know... Dealers? The dealers. No,
1: or, no, I didn't. Other, uh, you
0: know, people are keeping that to themselves, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah they have. Um, you know, one of the major problems uh, was that they... Uh, well, I call this kind of a... a small problem, but, uh, one of the complaints came and I wondered as a, as a tournament director that you've worked in, in, your, your career, uh, what you thought of this Kelly Minkin, a well-known player, uh, girl from, uh, Arizona, probably one of the best female players, uh, registered for a tournament and sat at the table. They were waiting for, I think one more player. I think they had three or four at the table. They couldn't start the table. So they, they sat and waited for like 20 minutes, when she noticed that a player who had harassed her before and stolen money from her, she said, was sitting at the next table. And she got very uncomfortable and she went and asked the tournament director if she could uh, unregister for the event. And a lot of people said, well, you can't unregister and then come back and register for the same event. But she she hadn't started playing yet, so... um, Problem was that one of the players that heard about it was posting all over Twitter about it and uh, complaining, didn't have the whole story. And uh, so there was a lot of discussion about that. But what is your uh, outlook on player having, uh, you know, bad feelings about who's sitting around them? And, uh, you know, there was obviously a lot of guys there that said, you know, if I did that, I'd be out of every tournament. But, uh, you know she was very uncomfortable because she had had some bad experiences with this guy.
0: Well, (laughs) this is an issue between two players. I've had two players who couldn't stand each other. And, um, you know, listen, both of you got to learn to get along if, or, or you decide not to play in the tournament. But it's, it's amazing that you're mentioning this because I've only been back to work, uh, two days. And, um, I won't mention names, but there is a dealer who she believes um, she's being harassed, not verbally or anything, but by the presence of somebody there um, involved with a previous relationship. And it's, you know, it, it's it's very scary. And we have to tell her, so, well, listen, you're here. We'll try to keep you away from that table. But eventually, you have to follow the rotation. All we can do as a manager is if one person, in, you know, in my room, if that person threatens them verbally, physically, get the police involved and throw them out. Um, and that's about the only thing you can do, you know, between two, bad blood between two players. You know, I've had them arrested in the room. Uh, you know, we've separated fish fights. Um, I've I've actually you know uh, had to I don't want to say threaten but uh, somebody who had lent somebody else money a gentleman who had borrowed money from a woman and then when she mentioned something to it as nice as can be uh, he said something that upset me and her greatly I just happened to be within earshot and pulled him aside and said you know either get out of the room now. Or, you know, pay this lady her money because I will get the police involved because of what I heard. Right. And so, but that was, you know, that was a threat on top of the fact that, you know, I thought this guy was a complete low life for what he did to this very nice woman who only asked, you know, oh, you're playing in this tournament? How come you haven't paid me back a minimal amount of money? And so, I don't know, do you know what the story was with Kelly McCurdon? And, and, you know, what created
1: the situation
0: with this gentleman? or with Well, this she other said woman? she said that he
1: had stolen, it was a, a male player that had stolen money from her and harassed her after the fact. So she was just very uncomfortable playing near him. And uh, a lot of people thought that was overkill, you know, that uh, you, you can't really, you know, if he's if these they're at your table, maybe he has to be moved to another table, but people felt that it's giving no, he, him You can't do
0: that, Dave, because right. then who jumps up? First of all, was there a police report filed, you know, as, as, a, again, it's not that I'm saying she's lying about what she said, but, you know, it, it becomes a, he said, she said, unless the police records were filed, you know, uh, a harassment, a complaint, you know, uh, a criminal charge. And at this point, all you could do is listen, I can probably move you from table, but if you're in a tournament, obviously there's no guarantee that you're not going to wind up at the same table at one point or another. You know, you may be able to, as a tournament director, yes, I can adjust it at the beginning of a tournament. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm sure tournament directors have done that amongst family members. We've discussed how husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends here have, you know, been in the final table, have been at the same table. I seriously doubt that most of them have started, you know, on the same table. But, uh, you know, as the tournament goes if they continue to have success sooner or later, you're going to wind up meeting at the same table. So I don't know that they let her unregister because I don't think
1: I would have allowed
0: that. They did. And they
1: allowed her to come back and register for the tournament later on, several hours later. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, again, you know, they've been doing this a lot longer than I have. Uh, You know, I, I had a dealer in the tournament that we had Sunday. So just so you can kind of relate it, it's not the same scenario. An experienced dealer that we just recently hired, this was her first tournament. We allow rebuys at the table for for a discount in the tournaments that I run in my room on, on, you know, one Sunday a month. And she sold him the chips in the middle of the hand, not knowing that he couldn't use it.
1: Oh, okay. And,
0: yeah, without going into the details of, you know, Uh, why she didn't know that rule. Uh, That's not the scenario here. Well, obviously, the players at the table said, you can't use those chips. The player who bought them was also a novice to tournaments, did not know this. Well, as it turns out, he won that hand. And then he says, well, then if I couldn't use those chips, I don't want, you know, give me my money back. I don't need to to buy them. I said, no, you bought them at, at the right time because you were within the legal limits of buying them. But but you couldn't use them at the time that you did that. And, you know, he still fell below the number after he won that hand. And due to that fact, I would not return his money. Right. He had to keep those chips and that money stayed in play uh, because it's become part of the prize pool. Um, you know, uh, I'd love to hear the explanation because I don't know, maybe it's just done a little differently out there. uh What tournament was it? How many people were involved in that, Dave?
1: Uh, Well, good question. Let's see if I can look that up real quick.
0: Because Uh, let me tell you, you know, we know that they get hundreds if not thousands of people in almost all of their tournaments. Um, You know, so it's not going to affect the prize pool. But just to me, it sets a bad precedent that, you know, hey, listen – You know, I've had words with this particular person, you know, and I didn't know he or she was going to be in the tournament. Uh, I again, if it wasn't her, if it was me or you saying that, Dave, do you think they would have allowed that?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I think it was. (laughs) I think it was the dealer's choice six-handed tournament, which had three hundred seven players. And what was the buy-in? Fifteen hundred. Okay. Uh,
0: I would imagine then that this is a, this player played in this tournament is, is a, at the very least a tournament player, you know, yeah. uh, you know, a professional tournament player, someone in this, you know, that she's claiming stole money from her, harassed her. Uh, I would have loved to have known a little bit more detail, um, she may have come you know come forward well,
1: with that information to them I, I think that that's not as important as the fact that uh, everybody that got worked up about it didn't have all the details and just started tweeting things about it that were incorrect in fact the original uh fella i, I think his name's adam hendricks that uh, was complaining about it later retracted his statement and said i just didn't have all the information so well i that's think that's afraid we don't
0: we don't have you know pe- we're working on, on, you know, very incomplete information, uh, you know, to, to either criticize or agree with what decisions they made there. And like I said, I would have liked to have known more, you know, if, if, if she was, you know, someone that, that I trusted uh, wholeheartedly, that, you know, I, there's no judgment on her character as to what's going on. Again, she may not have wanted that to make that
1: public knowledge. Well, but she she actually
2: she did because when the guy originally
1: tweeted it, he just called it an you know, a well-known player. He didn't really use her name, And she was the one that ended up tweeting out that she was the one that did that. And uh, so she opened herself up for some criticism there. But uh, you know, I think she I think she was feeling like, you know, if she was getting accused, and even if everybody didn't know it was her, she wanted to get things straightened out because she felt like she didn't do anything wrong.
0: Okay. Well, then <laughs> let us know. I mean, listen, in the poker world, you know, there's always been stories. Um, God, what was that gentleman from here, from Miami, that he won that one tournament? And he owed so many people money that everybody followed
1: him. Oh, a Chino, Chino Reem.
0: Chino There you go. So, you know, word gets out if it's if it's public knowledge, you know, like I said, if a report was made, if it's, you know, between you and me on a personal, you know, handshake type of thing, then it's easy for one person or another to to say, hey, you know, she's lying. You know, I'm going to sue her for libel because she's got no proof of that or she's just lying. So, um, curious because I have a feeling this isn't going to be the last time we hear about this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you're right. Uh, Before we go to break, we're heading up on our first break, but I did want to give a few uh, of the highlights of the tournament thus far. We missed a whole week, so normally we would be covering a lot of these finishes, but uh, they had the heads-up tournament uh, early in the event. Jason Kuhn was the winner of that one. Uh, He took the win beating a fellow named uh, Gabor Sabo head-to-head in the finals, winning uh, 243,057 players in this event. Uh, a few other events, uh, people that we uh, know from the show, we've been uh, following a few names here and there over the years, but we have a uh, seven-card stud. Uh, David Williams actually finished second, and there was some photos taken of uh, the three of them that, uh, remember, years back uh, went down to the very end, Greg Raymer, David Williams, and Josh arie Posed together for some shots uh that was pretty cool i thought but uh sean deeb finished fifth in that event that was won by Raphael lebron uh the 600 event bradley jansen was the winner john Monette, great mixed game player won the uh, limit hold'em championship john racner finished in sixth place in that one uh the millie maker was won by daniel lazarus uh and uh let's see uh Following that, it was a seven-card stud won by Anthony Zeno. That was the tournament that Helmuth finished in. There was also a highlight there because at the final table was Jack McClellan, longtime uh, World Series of Poker tournament director uh, in his late 80s now, and uh, he finished at the final table, finishing in fifth place, winning $40,000. So that was kind of a highlight for me. Uh, They had that flip-and-go tournament. which kind of was much ado about nothing, because obviously the one hand that got you into the advanced tables was uh, what everyone was talking about. But once they got there, it was uh, it was really not a whole lot different from any other tournament. But Jake Schwartz, who's having a great tournament, uh, finished third in that one. David Peters was fourth and Fred Goldberg, uh, who we've had on the show before a couple of times. Uh, I've been seeing him at some tournaments here. He finished in eighth place in that one. Uh, Dylan Lindy won the uh, Mixed PLO High Low 8 or Better, and uh, also the Big O part of that event. Uh, Also the Ladies uh, Tournament, it was won by Lara Eisenberg. (laughs) And uh, JJ Liu, longtime player, finished fifth in that one. A couple other uh, girls that I follow on Twitter, uh, Marley Cordero and Cherish Andrews, both finished at the final table in that one. Uh, the eight-game mix uh, run one by Ryan Ling. Uh, let's see. We follow a couple of their names that finished deep in some of these tournaments. I know that uh, you know we're having a good time watching some of these people play that we know. Um, the six-handed hold'em events. Scott Ball the winner over Galen Hall, who finished second. Jonathan Jaffe was third. John Raister finished sixth. Uh, after that, uh, we got uh, Dalla Bordula won the, uh, the freeze-out, and Maurice Hawkins finished at the final table. He finished actually in ninth place there, winning 17000 uh, The horse tournament was won by Anthony Zeno, his second win of the, tw- of, the, uh, of the series. Max Pescatori also made the final table, as did Ari Engel. Uh, PLO eight-handed. Dylan Weissman, the winner there. Uh, and the short deck won by Chance Cornith, who we've had on the show a couple of times. Dan Shack was third. And they're playing the monster stack right now. Uh, 3,500, 20 entries, 24 players remaining. And uh, we're following that along today t- as well.
0: Oh, got a lot of big names winning out there.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting. Oh, uh, Jim Colopy won the horse tournament, the big horse tournament, the 10,000 horse uh, Maria Ho finished fifth. Elia Elezra finished fourth. And David Williams was in the final table there along with Daniel Negreanu. So uh, a lot of big names out there this year doing quite well. And we'll keep looking at things. Uh, we'll update you on some more of the events when we come back. Anyway, let's take a break here in the show. We'll be back with more of Poker Action Line today. Of course, you can always pick up the show on any place you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you can pick it up on SoundCloud, on uh, Spotify, all the great places where you get your podcasts. Uh, You can tune in. We'd love to have you rate the show. Uh, Maybe uh, send us a message. You can always send me an email on lemondave at yahoo.com, L-E-M-M-O-N-D-A-V-E at yahoo.com. we love to to talk to you, hear what you have to say about the show and what you'd like to see as we move into the fall. Anyway, uh, the series moves ahead. We'll tell you what's to come talk about what's happening of course down here we'll have a couple of big events and we'll talk about those as well we'll return with more of today's show after these messages
3: this is poker action line
2: The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. And you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe,
3: but people just like you are already saving money. Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject.
4: How do you feel? Mostly okay.
3: I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman! Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. 15 bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.
1: Several events uh, still to come that uh, will really be drawing a lot of interest. Uh, Phil, I guess, will be right jumping right back in Raz as he's the uh, greatest Raz player in the world. And uh, he'll be back on Thursday to play in that, the $1,500 Raz tournament. Uh, the double stack also coming up, which is, a, you know, the one for kind of the rec players. That will be over the weekend on uh, Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. start out there. Um, there is, uh, several online uh, tournaments going on as well. They added a bunch during the event and, uh, people are playing on WSOP.com out there. Uh, the seniors tournament coming up next week on Wednesday, October 27th. It's a $1,000 buy-in and there are actually two opening days this year for the seniors event, uh, Wednesday, the 27th and Thursday, the 28th, there will be a nine game mix Six-handed. That's played uh, also on Thursday, the 28th. The Colossus still to come, uh, with several opening days of that event. Uh, two two days, I guess, is the, that. It's just a $400 buy-in, but uh, uh, you know, big prizes there, obviously. And uh, you know, obviously, the main event still to come. Now, with six opening sessions, day one A through one F will be taking place, um, the 4th through the 9th of November. Uh, super Seniors, uh, both Joe and I, I think uh, we can be Super Seniors, if not now, very very soon. Uh, that is on Sunday, the 31st, and the Poker Players Championship also on the 31st with a $50,000 buy-in. That is still to come as well. So, um, Very interesting. Uh, our producer, uh, Joe Costello, heading out there next week. Uh, you going to play in the uh, Super Seniors, Joe?
4: Yes, we'll be jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> as, soon as I uh, get Joe's my AARP cards.
0: But what are your plans? Joe out isn't there? old enough to play in the seniors.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're going to be out there 10 days or so. Uh, I'm probably doesn't include much poker, but uh, you can give us a good report on what's happening out there. I'm sure you're looking forward to a, a long trip out there.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, 10 days in Vegas. That's It's something special. By day seven, we separate the men from the boys, right? It's, uh, it's good. I'm actually going out there for... NHRA Drag Racing, we have our second to last uh, race of the season out there, and uh, we'll be heading out a week from Thursday, and we'll be there till the following Saturday, because the uh, Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association shows SEMA, it's cars, you can look it up for those of you who don't know the car industry trade, but it's a big deal, and uh, we'll be there for that entire time, and uh, looking forward to it, you know, I wasn't. it wasn't that long ago I was out there, like five weeks, seven weeks, something like that, and uh, to go out again, and you know get into the mix man to get into the mix you know i'm all into that stuff
3: yeah
1: i don't know if 10 days seems like really long to me i think I, I can i can remember a couple of the cruises that i went on where at the very end i was like trying to can't wait to get off the boat
4: it's it's definitely by the friday night before the saturday i return home you're done i'm done but i, I do have a hotel change in there so i'm not in the exact same hotel i kind of move around a little bit and i am surrounded by Thousands of friends and working colleagues, so there's always something going on—a dinner, or a bar, or a happening, happening, or a happy hour. Of course, the working at the trade show during the day and the racing on the weekend. So it's action-packed. There's a lot that goes on. But I—I'll give it to you. Ten days in, you know, seven days in, eight days in, you start thinking about, you know, the whole gambling, pacing yourself. Like, I don't dive in too uh, rapidly on the gambling. I don't want to start off the trip 500 down. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, uh, it's got to be the right time, the right feeling, the right. Last time I was there, though, I, I was up 800 right away, like immediately. And so I felt great. Uh, it's just, it's a state of mind. Definitely eat real well while out there and get into some stuff. But it's the whole attitude. I'll be interested to see, compared to eight weeks ago, how much more active is the city? Because, you know, it's right. all about that energy for me.
1: No, and you'll be working, too, so that takes up a lot of your time. But uh, uh, you say you're staying in a couple different hotels. That's part of the fun to uh, kind of brag about where you're staying.
4: Yes, yes. And uh, the, for the original uh, hotel, hotel number one is the Westin behind the Cromwell, formerly the Barbaric Coast. And uh, which bar- is actually
1: The Barbary Coast?
4: No, the Barbaric Coast. That was a Neil term, Dave. You should know the oh, Neil Rogers okay. terms, man. Come on. The Barbaric Coast. Neil Rogers <laughs> used to always call it. Yeah, the Barbary Coast. I used to really enjoy gambling at the Barbary Coast. Dre's up on the top floor, of course. Now it's called the Cromwell. And very nice. Very nice casino. Right uh in perfect location. Well, right behind it and across from Bally's is a Weston. No casino there, but a great hotel. I shouldn't even be telling anybody about it. And uh <laughs> No, it's really it's it's such a good uh, hidden gem because you're walking distance from everything and it's a beautiful hotel and it doesn't have all the chaos, the hustle and bustle. You can drive in, drive out super easy. Great for if you have your own rental car, which I will have. Uh, and then I'm moving over and this is not my choice. Speaking of bragging, but um, to the to the pyramid, I'll be in the new tower at the pyramid, the Luxor which I don't like being in the pyramid part of the Luxor. I've done that a few times, not my thing. I insisted that I be in the new tower, which is also beautiful, very nice. Um, But you got to deal with, uh, you know, casino stuff. But I like it down that end of the strip because then I can avoid the strip and just go around it to get to the convention center, just taking uh, different roads. But um, most of the fun stuff, Bellagio, Cosmo, you know, nighttime cocktail parties and whatnot.
1: Well, have fun out there. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you uh, soon about it. But
4: uh, we'll talk next week. I'll be back next week, and we can do like pre-game, man. We can get into it. We can, we can, uh, you know. You just put out that list a few weeks ago, guys. Everybody goes back into the archive. If you're a first-time listener, just a few weeks ago, Dave and Joe were giving their like Vegas thoughts, what to do when you're out there. And so I'm definitely going to go back and re-listen to that episode and try to get amped up for some stuff.
1: Maybe take a helicopter ride?
4: No, nothing like that. That's, okay. No thanks. <laughs> You've
1: got plenty of time to do that. And what was your uh, great restaurant that you talked about, the uh, Golden
4: Steer? The Golden Steer. There's more than uh, more than a 50% chance that I'll go to have a steak at the Golden Steer and try to sit in the Frank Sinatra booth uh, and just enjoy the 1958 ambiance from, uh, from that era, but you know, I, I did just eat at the Golden Steer less than eight weeks ago, so maybe it's yeah. time for something new. Maybe I'll hit uh, prime at the Bellagio and get one of those uh, tomato can filet mignons. Whoa. And you know what tomato I say? Well, yeah, because you take, it's like you took a can and stuffed it right into the side of the cow because it's that tall. It's like wow. a five-inch tall filet. It's like perfect. It's a cylinder of meat, and uh, it's pretty incredible. But that's that. <laughs> You know, that's at Bellagio. Okay. I like my um, I like my uh, steakhouses in Vegas, as you could probably tell.
1: Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And as well you should. Um, let's switch gears a little bit since we have you on the air with us. And that is I want to talk a little bit about what's happening here in South Florida with uh, the Seminole Compact uh, kind of uh, wading through the legal morass that uh, we knew was coming and uh, is kind of finishing up. There was a big ruling today here in the state of Florida uh, the judge uh, threw out uh, the lawsuit that was filed by the uh, owners of Magic City Casino and Bonita Springs Dog Track. Uh, they were trying to, uh, you know, hold up things as far as gambling was concerned, and uh, that was thrown out by the judge today. So, uh, you know, just one more step in the process of moving forward. Uh, definitely a win for the Seminole Tribe and, uh, and the governor. Um You know, the fact that uh, the Indians will have control of sports betting in Florida, I think, is a foregone conclusion at this point.
4: I've been watching a lot of uh, television today, a lot of ad wars going on. Don't sign the petition or, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest thing for the state of Florida. Um, And, you know, I don't know. I, I think that the folks that are trying to stop it are trying to hold back the tide on this one. It's it's time for legal sports gambling. Everybody does it regardless. That's the thing. That's the thing. Prohibition doesn't work. It's about who would control it. And um, our governor has decided he wants to give the Seminoles this, uh, you know, control of the entire state. What a deal. Right. What a deal. That they yeah. have gotten the third largest state in our union, they are going to control all the sports gambling. Oh my gosh, Did, who made who? Uh, you know, I had people telling me today that uh, you know the, they they made a bad deal, and I I don't see how that's possible. They're going to control the whole deal, and most people don't care. They just want to gamble from their phone, right? They want to bet against the Dolphins as rapidly as possible <laughs> on their phone, and that's it. Yeah. And they don't care who sure. controls it or who gets the money. And I think that's where we're at.
0: You're 100 correct on that, Joe. As far as the public is concerned, uh, people don't give a damn. They just want to be able to, like you said, bet it, bet the Dolphins, bet whoever their favorite team is, uh, bet what their good friend Benjamin Franklin likes on a certain night. Uh, you know, but these lawsuits are twofold. You know, one is the people who don't want the gambling to take place, and the others are coming from venues that want to get a piece of the pie, and because of the compact, they can't. And that's <clears throat> that's what's going on in the courts. As far as the uh, general public is concerned, especially the betting public, they don't give a damn. They just want to be able to, to, to gamble. And I believe the biggest issue now, because I, I don't see any way in hell that they're going to stop it, uh, sports betting is whether you're going to be able to do it from your phone. Yeah, in the state, I think that's the biggest issue right now, because the Indians, uh, the Seminoles, excuse me, the Seminoles uh, will be allowed to take wagers on their property regardless. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, Big Dave. I believe that's that's not going to be an issue. That's part of the compact.
1: Well, yeah, it is. So they say, but that's they're contesting that, and that's always been a long-term gray area, going way back to when we first started the show, and there was questions. Uh, when they had wanted to have online poker was, does the uh, does the transaction occur where the person makes their bet or does it occur where the servers are? And uh, there's been a big argument that uh, if the servers are located on Indian land in this case, or in the past, if it was located uh, in uh, – you know, uh, Costa Rica or wherever some of these places are, that that made it okay. So uh, for forever and and ever, we have not been able to come up with a final decision on where the bet is is, uh, taking place. And it would seem like common sense would be wherever the person's on their phone, but, you know, technology uh, hasn't really... Uh, been caught up with by some of these uh, legal decisions so we need to find out what we're going to get a final decision on and I, I would like to just have some uh, closure on that.
4: Yeah, that's a scam yeah, well, though. Go like like ahead I Joe. Said, I
1: think, I'm sorry that's just, that's part of
0: that lawsuit. That's what they're fighting. I right. they, I don't think they can fight the fact that you and I can walk in to the Hard Rock here in Hollywood or in Tampa or any of their other properties and make a way, place a wager. Um but they're trying to see if people like like yourself and I, that if we wanted to set up an account, you know, we can open an account, fund it, and then, you know, like they do nowadays, like you guys said, you know, the, there, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the state of Florida who are gambling every single day. Most of them are offshore, they get online, they place their wagers, and there are hundreds that i you know, not to say that I know them, but I know that there are hundreds of people uh, that walk into places. I won't mention what type, but and actually lay cash down and play them now. So it's ridiculous, as Joe said earlier, uh, to think that people aren't doing this. It's just, hey, it's time for us to move on from this. It reminds me of the the the, the idiocy of this state that it took for us to go from a quarter fifty cent. Uh, you know poker game with a ten dollar limit to high limits it's to me it's just so ridiculous so
1: yeah well, well, one of the things the parimutuals uh, tried to claim in the lawsuit was that uh the implementation of sports betting in florida would damage their business and they basically just got laughed out of court on that one uh, you know for a business that uh you know pushed legal remedies so that they didn't have to do dog racing again you know for them to say that it was going to damage them uh, you know, the court just tossed that right
4: out. Well, as I as I heard an analysis, it was just that they didn't have standing against the people they were suing, which is right. what it was. And uh, th- that's fine. They're just trying to put up a legal battle. We've seen it a lot lately where people are trying to delay and using uh, the courts as a delay tactic. But I did notice this new commercial today, guys, and then I, I just looked it up. It's called Watch Out Florida. It has began uh, airing this past weekend in Florida markets. And it is paid for. First of all, it's called Watch Out Florida. And it's it's basically telling people, don't sign the, the petition, don't sign gambling petitions because, you know, out of state gambling companies are trying to get you to sign petitions. But it's really the Seminoles with the ad trying to prevent voters from signing the petition that will uh, that is backed by Las Vegas Sands and uh, Porch Creek. They others others want in. To our market, and they need to collect 891,589 valid Florida signatures to get a ballot initiative for next year. And so, this is now the Seminoles. They got what they wanted, and now they're trying to stop what everyone else has. My personal opinion is I would not have known about this if not for the ad. And I'm going to go find someone that I can sign the petition because I think, well, like, why not? Have more options if you're going to do it. Have competition, but maybe I'm wrong, Joe Rodriguez. What say you?
0: Well, it's well. What it is is the what they're trying to do is get those signatures, like you said, to get it on the ballot. Now, that's step number one, Joe. Number two, uh, remember the vote from 2018. Okay, it now takes 60% plus one voter to pass anything statewide, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel are part of these people that want these signatures on there, uh, you know, because they want to be able to do what they do like in New Jersey and, you know, where I know that draft Kings or FanDuel has a booth in front of the, you know, well, I used to call it the Metal Arena. <laughs> I don't know what it's called now. MetLife, I think it is. But um, that's what they're looking for, Um and because under this pact, the according to what I know on this pact is the state's going to get twenty percent of your you know your earnings, and because the seminals, um, if they allow you to take the wages, will also hit you for a twenty percent tax for them. So that's what these people are trying to do, Joe, to you know get in there. But that's going to take you know a vote of the whole state and, you know, you know, you're going to have Disney and, and now again, Publix. once again, the Seminoles teaming up
1: to, um, and Publix know,
4: with the lottery tickets. Expanded. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 You know, so. Well, I can tell you that, uh, I play on draft Kings and any daily fantasy, uh, companies that are involved now in casino gambling and sports betting, uh they are putting like pop-ups on your uh on your app to to try to get you to sign the uh petition i have not because i I want the indians to have control of it i they do everything first class in my opinion uh i understand why some of the paramuters are against it but uh you know the time has come for them for someone who really knows what they're doing to take over the situation and uh you know of course i have my personal reasons as well but uh um, you know, that's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, some of these other companies, I think there's a point to saying that, uh, you know, money's going to go into their pockets and out of state, whereas the Indians are in Florida. And uh, this is where I would like it to stay.
0: Well, uh, Dave, you know, uh, once again, as a gambler, uh, as someone who works at, a, at another business, I want this to open up. But I'm going to look at this as a gambler now. And I've been gambling sports for <laughs> well over 40 years. Okay? Um, having other people, which, uh, speaking to the people, we've got William Hill at, at where I work at Casino Miami. They're in their whole Obviously, they were hoping on this occurring, you know, to, so that they would be that. The, one of the other arguments that we didn't address here today is everyone would set their own lines if it's forced upon you from the other bet then the the hard rock would set the lines you know and other businesses would have to honor that and you don't want to do that because you want to adjust your lines according to the amount of wages that you've got that's yeah. how line movement works. You and of course, you know as a
1: Dave? gambler, and as a gambler, you want to shop around. But to be honest, uh, how much does how much does it deviate from the norm, really? Not oh, much. Oh,
0: just Dave. I could I could actually do ai could do I could do three I could do ten hours on that and give you personal details of how much money I've made on on weekends and friends of mine just on half a point. Yeah, you know, the well. professional professional sports betters. That's why they offer those lines of half a point. You're buying it for ten, you know, for ten percent. Uh, you know, uh, juice. Um, if you can get as much as a point difference, uh, and I'm not just talking on the on the win line. I'm talking on the total. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it'll move early in the week. You know, professional gamblers are. <laughs> with with how whatever way they're getting their information that they believe to be as accurate as possible. The bookmakers are setting lines early in the week. Obviously if they've got any kind of inkling that a player may not play or a player that wasn't scheduled to play will play, it moves the line on on totals and on sides immensely and two or three points. Oh my God. That's, that's, you know, you're you're seeing millions of dollars wagered on each side, where the where the the the, the booking agent can get killed on both sides because you know you're looking to middle it, worst case sided if possible. So,
1: well, uh, I, I know it can affect that, but the but the 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 situation really is, uh, you know, in the in those games where like a football game will cross past three or seven. Now, obviously, that's that's huge. But, uh, you know, I I guess I guess the bottom line is, uh, you know, you would like to have some choices if you're a gambler. But my whole point is, let's just get it done. And all these uh, ticky tack things, you know, let's work them out later.
4: Well, you know what? I agree with that. I think that's it. We're slow walking the deal. We're, We're about to have something we have never had. And frankly, I would have never dreamed we would have had. And uh, if it takes a couple of years and a ballot initiative happens in five years and they get it and they bring in, they expand, then uh, we're getting to where we need to be. It's been progress. We've been experiencing progress here in the state of Florida, the likes of which I would have never have thought would have happened. And so here we go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Obviously, uh, it's going to happen soon. The Seminoles have uh, said publicly that they're not going to let these uh, lawsuits, uh, which they believe are frivolous, uh, slow them down at all. They've continued to hire people and they're moving forward. And uh, certainly looking forward to uh, getting this started before the end of, uh, before Thanksgiving really is uh, what I think we're looking at.
0: I, I certainly hope it happens. And like I said, from a, from me, from a personal standpoint, I hope they allow, um, that they allow you know, the competition, but that's going to go to a vote. And, um, you know, from a business standpoint, let's get this ball
1: rolling.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh,
1: well, that's going to about do it for the show today. We're keeping an eye on what's happening out in Vegas with the different events. Uh, very nice to see some of our friends, uh, over the years that we've had on the show do very well. And, uh, uh any of the problems that people predicted uh first of all we mentioned briefly off the air about the dealers and the shortage that they thought they were going to have i haven't heard any of that i don't know if you have as well joe but uh they were able to uh, bring some dealers in from some of the other harris properties and uh you know hasn't been a major issue
0: well that's that's right now that's outstanding that's could also be one of the issues they've decided to add those two extra days without having any, you know, any qualms about that. You know, um, I thought that was going to be a big issue, uh, the dealers. And like you said, you know, you didn't hear anything this week. There really hasn't been a whole lot of noise about that, which is actually very good news.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Daniel Negreanu's made a couple of final tables. Phil has won a bracelet. Phil Ivey mentioned in a story. He has not played at the World Series of Poker, but he will compete this Friday in uh, an event at Hustler Casino, uh, which I guess is in L.A. So uh, he will be taking on Garrett Edelstein uh, in a big head to head match, and uh, it will be a one hundred thousand dollar minimum buy in. Uh, no limit hold him cash game with those two poker stars so uh, he's active I don't know if he'll make it to Vegas for anything this year but uh, we'll see there was talk of Doyle Brunson playing in a couple of things but uh, you know I I really like the fact that some of the big stars are 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 active and and playing well
0: well listen I <laughs> I love that fact, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody did mention that we would probably be looking at some of the top pros uh, coming back and you know making strong showings. And from what you mentioned on this show, Dave, it, that seems to be the, the the case so far.
1: Yeah, well, the latest news. Uh, I want to reiterate that they added two opening days for the main event on uh, November eighth and 9th, so there are now six opening sessions. Uh, I don't believe it changed the finish at all. Uh, they were planning to. Play down to the final nine players on Sunday, November 14th, have one day off then play from nine to four on Tuesday, the 16th and finish up the tournament uh, on November 17th. So several other big events uh, overlapping there. There'll be plenty of things to do. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And, uh, you know, Poker Go has a lot of the events, uh, the final tables when they play down to five players. So check that out on Poker Go. And uh, we'll pretty soon be able to start to see some of the uh, CBS Sports uh, Network's coverage uh, with uh, Norman Chad and Lon McCarron. And uh, look forward to that as well. Guys, thank you, Joe uh, Costello. Thank you for all your technical help. And uh, look forward to your trip out to Vegas. Uh, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, we'll talk about some of the events locally here for you as well in the next couple of weeks and, uh, you know, keep an eye on the tournament, see what's happening. So uh, thanks guys for everything and uh, look forward to having you on the show again next week. Thanks Dave. Okay Take guys. Care, Dave. Thank you. That'll do it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, here with another edition of poker action line.